Today's episode is with a previous software engineer working in product and tech with over seven years at Yelp and Uber. He's the current co-founder of Replo, Shopify without the dev time. Replo unlocks ultra-customizable landing pages for serious e-commerce teams. Please welcome Yushin Zhu. Thanks for joining me, man. Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for having me. You're, we found out we're not too far away from each other. Uh, you're like 10, 15 minutes away from me. So could have done this. In yeah, person, we both, we but... both live in a relatively <laughs> unknown towns in, 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 in California. So yeah, it's just like in the East Bay. So a little outside of San Francisco, but, um, uh, that was fun. So yeah, we both we're here to San Francisco on calls is the, yeah, yep. We're uh, we're gonna talk about landing pages. We're gonna talk about design. We're gonna talk about Shopify today. So I wanted to start with um, why Replo. You guys wanted to focus on Shopify. Uh, there's a bunch of platforms. There's a bunch of different industries. Why Shopify and why landing pages? Yeah, I think really great question. Um, so. I think we were always kind of, so we started this company about a year and a half ago. Um, I, I've known Noah since, um, my Noah, my co-founder since, since Berkeley. So we both went to college together over a decade ago and we were like in the same dorm, like we were, we were project partners in class. So I've known him for a long time. And I think like, we've always both been really interested in kind of design and technology and also like enabling more people to build stuff. And like, um, I think there was always this kind of like really interesting thing where it's like, how do we enable people to like build more stuff without like i think there's kind of this like huge barriers to like learning how to code right and like kind of building really cool stuff and and like in, in the consumer space all of this kind of already existed like we swix and squarespace have been around for a really long time like i've used it to run businesses in the past like my first shopify or sorry e-commerce store was on, on 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 squarespace right so um that was where everything kind of started but like i think as you go more kind of market and kind of into these teams it's like i was doing consulting for a bunch of brands like on on and off shopify and and like it would take them like weeks to like launch something we'd be like oh like we have this like amazing idea like you know like like we have designers we have like you know like we, we can get the assets together like all right how do we like actually launch this thing and then like, i go back like four weeks later and they'd be like yeah like we're still working on it it's like it's like the struggle right and and like i think outside of just like even landing pages just like i think for building stuff online for these teams it's like there's so many integrations there's so many different things they need to consider like the, the brand the branding needs to be right it needs to be like trustworthy like it needs to be very custom it can't just look like a you know another kind of like e-commerce store so that was kind of like the impetus where we we're like okay this is kind of like an interesting problem and, and the reason we chose shopify i mean like we had some background you know within shopify we had some knowledge there but um i think what was really important for us was like you know, we could probably build on all these other platforms, but the, like, how do we bring value to people really quickly as a small team? Right. And like on Shopify, if you imagine kind of like the ecosystem, it's like over 2 million. I don't even know what the latest number is at this point. Like there's millions of these merchants. They're all built on the same platform. The data is kind of structured in the same way. A lot of them are using the same apps. So it's like, you know, they'll use Klaviyo for email. They'll use, you know, um, Yalpo for reviews or like Skio for subscriptions. So it's like, and and these are all things that people want to include in their store, right? It's like you want kind of like all the same basic things. So um, for us, building it on Shopify was really just like, you know, like how do we integrate with all of these services? Like how do we bring, like how do we just like make it really easy for people to build in one place and not worry ourselves with like, oh, like what about this other platform? What about this other platform? Because like at the end of the day, we're still a small team and, and there's only 24 hours in a day, right? So 
my opinion on this was like, okay, maybe we can build a platform longer term that's, you know, outside of Shopify or like, you know, supporting multiple platforms or something like that. But I think focus is like, you know, the thing that like lack of focus is the thing that kills startups, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like at this point, like we have people, like it's also a small community. It's like people, everyone's helping each other. Like we've gotten so much support from like, I don't know, like when we like first started building like this as a Shopify app, we were just like, what the hell is going on? Like we don't <laughs> even know how any of this works. And like we've gotten so much support from people who have been building apps for such a long time. And I'm just like eternally grateful <laughs> for for everything that they've done. So yeah, no, um, the support, the community, the ecosystem is is something else with Shopify. Uh, lately, even just this week, I think it was, there's a, at least one, if not two Twitter threads where people are like, what's the best landing page for Shopify? And like, I jumped in on one of them, but then uh, a ton of people are just like, Replo, 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 Replo. And I'm just like, it's so cool. Um, that, yeah, and people think know. it's like sponsored or something, which is like very <laughs> bizarre. Like, I'm like, we don't spend any money on marketing. Like, <laughs> we have a zero dollar marketing spend. Like, um, and like, we, I mean, when we started building this, like, uh, our very first customer, like, we actually onboarded during YC. Like, we didn't even have anything at that point. Um, and they were just like, you know, we believe in the idea. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, if this doesn't work out, like, you know. You guys can probably help us rebuild our site, but like, <laughs> like hopefully this does work out. And like, it, people were just using it like organically, and and they really started to love it. And like, they told their friends about it. And like a lot of this, like all the comments there is like completely organic, which is like completely crazy to me, right? Like, I didn't even use Twitter before I started this company. Like, um, <laughs> no, my co-founder was big on Twitter, and he's like, guys, like we should maybe try out this Twitter thing. Like, there's a lot of like e-commerce people on there, and I'm like. Twitter, isn't that like, <laughs> about like Facebook? Um, but like, the, I don't know, the community has just been like, so good. And like, I'm just like, damn, like, I, I like, can I like ship them some swag? Like, can I like, can I do something? And yeah, we're just like, yeah, like, we should probably just try to like, keep improving the product and like, building new features. And like, that's the best way. To, you know? Yeah, that that way, they'll stay happy. They'll stay be like wanting to recommend it, then you'll get more people. And yeah. It's, it's just all yeah. really cool. I mean, it's just a lot of like trust as well, right? It's like when you see someone actively recommending it and it's not like, like I, I feel like a lot of stuff on Twitter is like sponsored these days, right? It's like, you know, like you have, like you have shares in the company or like you're an advisor or like you're whatever. And like none of these people are like, <laughs> like we didn't have any, like we still don't have any advisors, right? It's just like, um, we were just like kind of like this, like a basically bootstrap company. I mean, we raised some money, but it was like, we didn't, we weren't like super embedded in the space and, and we ended up just building like a relatively decent product, like, you know, like, um, and, and, and people, people really started to love it. And I think there's just so much trust and, you know, like reliance on us building a good product. And I, I think I take a lot of like responsibility in that and we're like, okay, we better not mess up. Like, you know, our support better be really good. And they're like, you know, stuff has to be like as bug free as possible, right? And the user experience has to be really good. So um, every time someone someone comments, they, you know, it's like, I, I feel the endorsement, but I also, I'm like, okay, we gotta like keep doing better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank my, you. Immigrant upbringing or something where I'm just like, I gotta keep like improving, improving. Yeah. This, you know? I guess, I think that's like, I think that's a really interesting uh, parallel. That's uh, pr probably obvious, but like, that's what e-commerce founders should do. It's just focus on the product, make it good, 
and then have your first initial wave of customers be the one that like recommend it. Like it, it, it's so good or so trustworthy that they go out of their way to share it with friends and family and people on social, right? Like, I think that's uh, huge. It's like not everyone who thinks of a product or makes something has this big Facebook spend budget right away. Like everyone recommends every podcast, including my own, like everyone's just, oh, yep, Facebook ads. That's how you acquire new customers. Like, but not, not at the very, very beginning. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of people giving like hot takes on Twitter and LinkedIn all the time about like, this is like the prescribed way to like, you know, build, I mean, not just like software, but like e-commerce and like, even just like, I don't know, on LinkedIn, there's like people like prescribing like how to, how to live your life, right? And <laughs> like, there's not like a one size fits all. And especially like people are at different stages of life and at, at career and, 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 and company building, right? And it's like, there's not like a silver bullet. And I, I feel like a lot of people go to, they're like scrolling through LinkedIn at like 1am and they're just like, oh my God, like I got to like do Facebook ads a certain way or I got to like get onto like, even like, you know, getting onto Repo. It's like not, it's not a silver bullet for ever, anyone, right? So you have to kind of think like very critically about like, what is the current position I'm in? And is this like thing, is a statement, is this a, you know, hot take and a like, actually help me right um right so i think like even for us like when we get on calls i i just i still try to meet like every merchant that onboards like um and i try to reach out to them and like if sometimes i'm just like dude this is like not the right solution for you like <laughs> like here's <laughs> what you should actually do you know like like and and so i it's like at the end of the day we're still small enough where like we're kind of very cognizant of like, is this right, the right product for this market, right? Like, are we building things the right way? And we can probably just like hire a bunch of salespeople and like try to shove it down everyone's throats. And then, you know, we'll find short-term success there. And I think there's some parallels there with like a lot of e-commerce companies, right? Where they're just like right off the bat, they launch a product and they like run a ton of Facebook ads. And like, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but I think the long-term thing is just like, okay, can we organically figure out like if people actually want this thing? Um, and so, I don't know. Yeah. A lot, yeah. lot, lot to think about there, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you've taught, you talked about saying, Hey, we're not the right fit. This is what you should do instead. Yeah. So then why should a brand use a landing page, whether it's Replo or another tool, like when and why, like, what's the point of landing pages? Yeah. I mean, like Replo, like today actually isn't even used just for landing pages. So like, um, I think. For us, it's really about just like building content like on Shopify, right? And like for most, I mean, e-commerce brands is, is such kind of like a wide range of like, you know, like sometimes I hop on calls with people and they're like, okay, we're doing like a hundred million this year, but like 99% of that is like wholesale. It's like just through like, you know, like orders. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like probably <laughs> not fit, right? Like, um, but like, I mean, maybe a good fit, but I, I think like it's really kind of like for most e-commerce companies, their website, their their storefront online is, is kind of where they're educating users, where they're getting acquiring a lot of their users. Um, and that kind of experience like is a product in itself, right? It needs to be trustworthy, it needs to be, you know, performance, it needs to be well designed, it needs to like reflect who you are as a company. And, and some of those are tangible and measurable, some of them are not. Um, but I think like within Shopify, like Shopify is also such a wide range as well, right? Like there's companies that are just like you know, like someone's mom selling necklaces online and they're running a great business. And then there's like businesses that are doing like hundreds of millions of dollars. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're on Shopify. And like, you know, Shopify is like just such a 
powerful platform. Um, and like for companies that do have, you know, like a lot of like, you know, branding, like they want to, you know, iterate very quickly on, on their storefront, like Shopify does become pretty difficult to kind of iterate quickly on. And, and that's not necessarily, in my opinion, a reflection on Shopify. It's more just like kind of how a lot of these teams have like organically developed, which is like most e-commerce companies, they don't have many engineering teams. They're not running tech companies, right? They're a lot of them are like creative marketing kind of design. Um, and they, I think Shopify is kind of like trying to kind of toe this line between like, how do we, you know, make things work out of the box versus how do we make things really customizable? And for a lot of these brands, even when they're really small, like they want to, you know, have really great branding, they have want to have really great content. And that's kind of where Repo kind of macro sense comes in, right? Is like, we just made Shopify a lot more kind of flexible on, on, on the design and, and, and implementation side. So um, landing pages is certainly one manifestation of that. So um, specifically with landing pages, like um, you want to be able to drive, you know, ads and, and paid social and, and things like that into these landing pages. Um, they're, you know, targeted towards each campaign. So for example, if you, you can have landing pages around, you know, a certain influencer you're partnering with or a certain kind of like campaign that you're running for like, you know, Valentine's Day, Black Friday, like whatever. Um, and you want to have these like customized pages that are like very focused because you're, people are already spending so much money on these ads, right? Like, especially with the privacy updates and like all, all the stuff that's going on, like these, you know, cost of running anything paid is, is going up. Anything even organic is paying going up. Like you're spending so much time on these creatives. And then like people are landing on these sites and they're like, this looks like crap. Like, I, I don't know. This is trustworthy. Like there's like sub, sub, some subconscious stuff. There's some, some like kind of t tangible stuff. But you want these pages to look really good and you want people to like, you know, become educated about your brand, become educated about the products and landing pages, essentially kind of like a glorified way of saying like, how do we make the experience of shopping online, like really, really good, right? Like from a trust perspective, from a design perspective. And I think that's like very often lost when people are like, oh my God, you need landing pages, right? Like, I think sometimes I hop on calls with people and they're like, I was told by X that I need landing pages and therefore now I'm here. And I'm like, okay, like, let's like actually walk through like your entire like kind of flow and see like if this product is actually something you guys need. Um, but for most brands, like I think building that really custom experience really quickly, like you can go on Rapolo, use one of our templates. Um, you can work with one of our experts. We have a bunch of agency partners you can work with. And people have gotten out like landing pages and like, you know, up from a few minutes, like we have agencies building like dozens of landing pages a week, like, like, it's just like hundreds of landing pages are flowing through our platform, like every, like getting built like every week. And like, you know, like, I think that's a really powerful thing for brands that, you know, don't have the resource, the engineering resources. And even with engineering resources, like they should probably, they're probably working on like a million other things. Right. So I think Replo is kind of a, an expediter of, of, of that, of that process. Yeah. You're yeah. trying to, you're trying to unlock the customizability, the functionality of this, like, what usually takes code and design and development resources and energy and all this time. And mm -hmm. you're trying to, like you said, expedite it so that a generalist marketer uh, like myself can make a half decent looking landing page within a few hours. Like uh, I wrote the copy one day and then I plugged it in like for my Google talk to Replo the next day. And then it was live the day after that. So um, I think that's why it's so interesting and cool yeah, for and so many people. Yeah. And one of the reasons, like, I think like your, one of your first questions is like why we started on Shopify and within like e-commerce even, right. It's like, 
there's a lot of like kind of dominant design theory within e-commerce, right? Like certain sites are structured in a certain way. They might not be the prettiest, right? Or they might not be the, you know, sexiest UX of all time, right? But like, you know, like I think educating, there's a certain way of educating users. There's a certain way of educating your customers. Um, there's a certain way of like presenting products in certain verticals that consumers kind of just expect. And like, you know, a lot of times it's like being able to use one of our templates and like, you know, working with one of our partners, like that just expedites the whole thing because you're not like kind of off reinventing everything from scratch, right? You're able to kind of use, use that to expedite um, building out um, landing pages. And, and like, I would say like I would, a large percentage of our brands aren't even using Replo for landing pages. Like a lot of them are using it for user education. They're using it for like um, a ton of our brands have like, you know, physical retail where they need to, to tell users about like, okay, these are our, like store locations. And these are like the service offerings that we have in each store. Um, and like, it kind of spreads like wildfire, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like for companies that are mostly digital, it's like, how do you reach your customers and how do you like, within the first like three seconds of them accessing any of your like online domains, like how are they, how do they become educated about your brand and, and what the company is about? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess other use cases might be, Oh, like if wholesale partners, like here's a page for that versus just the, the basic contact us page. Right. And there's, you could go into more detail on those. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that like, maybe this product isn't super useful for wholesale, but then I just remember there's like a bunch of companies that do wholesale that like our customers. So um, yeah, like people can use it for anything and it's really dependent on the business as well. Right. So it's like, and again, it's just like people have to kind of think critically about like, okay, like this is kind of like the, the overall kind of goal, the overall like OKRs that like, you know, our org wants to drive this year. Like how do we actually enable that? And that could be like, emails that could be like ads that could be you know content that could be landing pages like i think it's a whole kind of system that you need to design yeah that makes a lot more sense now uh on your linkedin profile under replo it has uh, lego blocks for the web and that after having this initial first half of the conversation with you mm -hmm. uh, i only have used it and heard mostly about it about for like landing page specifically. Yeah. So Lego blocks for the web, this makes a lot more sense. Uh, yeah. Is is that a hint at what you guys have intended for it like now and moving forward in the future? Is it gonna be kind of, it, not its own web platform, mm -hmm. like you're still within Shopify, but just wanted to like bring that up. I found it interesting. Just was, was curious if that's like a hint at what's in store. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Legos. Like, I <laughs> that they're, they're a great investment, honestly, but also they're very fun. Um, and so I've I, I've always really enjoyed like kind of the concept of like building kind of with Lego blocks, right? And and I think the I think what we were kind of kind of trying to get at there get there is like with within even like the concept of landing pages, right? Like, there's certain kind of simple blocks that you can you can drag and drop and, and, and build with. So people have been able to build very custom stuff with just like text and like, you know, blocks and like images and like videos and like you can arrange them together into, into forming like a very kind of pretty nice looking landing page. Um, but there's also other things that like we do very integrated with Shopify, which like a lot of other people don't do is like we have specific integrations with like different subscription platforms, like with different review platforms and like, intrinsically you don't really care about like you know 
like what size the stars are as much as like, you know, what content is on your page. And that's kind of like what we mean by Lego blocks is like, you know, there's kind of arbitrarily complicated blocks, which are like super useful for e-commerce that we've built out. Um, but there's also really simple blocks and like being able to like creatively, like, um, manage them together and like build something really cool with them that you didn't think was really possible, like without, you know, hiring a developer or like digging into liquid, um, and that was kind of what we were trying to get at. And like, I think, especially with a lot of our templates, like being able to like copy paste across pages, like it's really just like a very, almost like creative exercise. Right. And, and people kind of, they'll, they'll like sign up, they'll like invest, invite the rest of their team. And then like, they're all be like creating different pages together. And that's like really, really cool to see. And, um, I mean, like longer term, like, I think like, we also want people to be able to bring in their own components because, you know, as a team, we can't really build everything. So a lot of kind of developer open source um, work around that. And then also even potentially letting, um, you know, our agency partners, our freelancers build their own templates and kind of share it within that community. And I think like that community aspect, plus kind of like the, the building block Lego-esque aspect, um, is like really cool. Like, I mean, even in our like Slack community, we, we, we like started a Slack community a couple months ago, mostly as like a customer support channel. And now it's like almost 600 people in that Slack community. And it's just like, people are just like, Hey, like we really want, you know, this integration, this template, and it'd be really cool if like people are able to build those um, themselves and, and share it, you know? So that's uh, cool. Just some, just some yeah. Quick, yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's a great expansion on top of Lego blocks for the web and it kind of fits in of like, there's these simple blocks, there's custom blocks, advanced blocks, customers building their own blocks and sharing it. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, like, at the end of the day, like, I think, like, sometimes people say, like, hey, are you guys, like, a no-code platform? And, like, as as coming from kind of a developer background, like, Noah and I are both been engineers, software engineers, like, product managers at companies. And it's just, like, you're never going to replace developers, right? Like, you're always going to have something custom, like, as companies, as we saw into larger companies, like, as we work with these kind of large organizations, like, they're going to have a lot of custom stuff. Even within Shopify, like, small brands have a lot of custom stuff that they need to do. So, like... I think the notion of like getting rid of developers somehow is like, is completely kind of the wrong way to think about it, but it's just like, how do we accelerate? Like if a developer builds something, if an engineer builds something, like how do we actually leverage that? Like build it once and then leverage that everywhere. Right. And and on Shopify it works really well. Cause when one of our, one of the engineers on our team builds an integration, it works magically across like all 2 million plus Shopify stores. Right. So um, it's, a, it's just a very leveraged way to like kind of build out um, this product. Yeah. Okay, cool. That, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's fun. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, and it's a big debate uh, in the online space of code versus no code. And it's like, uh, it's not really one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like both. Yeah, it's a false dichotomy, I think. Yeah. Like, um, and I think like a lot of a lot of no code tools out there. It's like, I mean, I think you know, like at a macro level level, um, I think the statement that a lot of these you know, things are making. It's just like, I think as a society, we're almost migrating more towards like users of tools. Right. And like, and there's also a lot of dominant design and like kind of how tools get built. So like, for example, like Figma really kind of pioneered like that, like drag and drop thing. And then now like if the UX is really similar to Figma, people are like, oh, like I know how to use this. And and same with like a million other tools, like BI, like analytics, like if you presented like a caveman with like Google analytics, they'd be like, what the hell is going on here? Right. And like, and like, if we got, we got teleported back to like the stone age, like we would be like unemployed because we're like, like our entire job, our entire, like, like professional career is like based on using all these tools, stitching them together. So I think as kind of, you know, we move more into the future, I think people 
you know, like younger than us or whatever, are going to be like even more, you know, good at using a lot of these tools and, and, and the, the, the patterns and the user experience of these tools are, are, are going to improve. Right. So, um, I, I think that's kind of like almost the history of computing is just like, initially you're just like writing like by code on a, on a, on a, like a processor or something. Right. And then, you know, like over time, you're just like building, building stuff in like this, like amazing web UI. And you're just like, well, I'm not even thinking about like anything computer related. So. Yeah. So you're trying to be, you're almost trying to like just leverage what's been built before and build on top of that and make it um, seamless and easy for anyone to kind of be able to access that same power of code, yeah. no code, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think like even, you know, as developers, like, you know, there's this kind of like common meme where like, it's just like developers going on like Google and like copy pasting code. Right. And like, that's like actually real, right? Like, yep. like I'm going on like, you know, like NPM or like, you know, some one of these package managers and people are like, Hey, like, can you build this thing? And I'm just like going online and searching for it. If like someone else has already written it. Right. Like, and developers can do that because like code is just like kind of transportable um and if you just copy paste code like generally it will work <laughs> you have to like fix a bunch of stuff but like generally the idea is there but like that doesn't really exist for like anyone who's not a developer right it's like how do you like even tap into that resource um even like on shopify forums i'd see like someone's like how do i do x and then it's like here's like a giant block of code that you need to copy somewhere but it's like where do i put it like how do i use it um I think that's, yeah, kind of the general idea behind it. Yeah, they're cool. Awesome. Uh, so before we hopped on, you were like, I actually have a bunch of hot takes about e-commerce. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I could just scrap the whole questions and topics and <laughs> just go there. So I wanted to kind of uh, bring up like what, which ones you wanted to start with uh, coming into the space the last like year and a half, almost two years now. Um, coming from your background of tech and product. Yeah, it's hard to come up with them like unprompted though, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, like one thing that, one thing that was kind of interesting to me kind of coming into the space, um, I, I think I'd always been kind of sitting on the sidelines, but it was always kind of like as a, like, hey, I have this problem, like how do I solve it, right? It's like, you know, like I was helping a bunch of brands like look at their tech stack and like, you know, figure out like, you know, how we enable like this campaign or like marketing or whatever. Um, so. It was very much like I'm a problem solver kind of like first and just like, okay, what is the problem? Like, how do we solve it? Like, how do we get this launched as, as soon as possible? Um, and I think like they're within, within e-commerce and, and within every industry, I think there is like a certain amount of like the, the flashiest new thing, right? And like, um, I think, you know, like nothing kind of like specific here, but I think that was like a really kind of interesting experience for me because like, I think within product world and in the world of like Silicon Valley or whatever, there's always these kind of like waves of, and like hype cycles of things. And that's also happening similarly within, within e-commerce. And especially during the pandemic, I think there was like quite a lot of kind of venture capital flowing into a lot of, you know, not only CPG companies, like e-commerce companies, but also like, like software in this space and like e-commerce enablement software. And, and I mean, all of these companies have like massive like marketing spend, right? And people are just like, oh my God, we need to get on like X or we need to get on Y. Like we need to get on this like analytics or whatever. Like, and and I was just like, how is this actually helping your business? Like you guys are making like, like you guys are making like negligible revenue. Like you guys like don't like have one product. Like how does this help you, right? And I think thinking critically about that versus just like buying into like whatever, 
you know, the latest thing to come out of like Silicon Valley or like the latest thing to come out of like some like investors who like, you know, like, I think that's something that everyone should kind of think more about. Um, yeah. So don't just take the the square and put it into your round hole, like try to put it into the round hole, right? Is think about the problem and what the solution actually is you're trying to apply to your problem, your business, your life cycle, your stage, your experience. Like it's so, so easy to be like, just do this. All these threads and posts and podcasts are just do this and you'll win. You'll succeed just like me. Yeah. And I th- it's a lot of shit. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just not true. Yeah. Um, so I, I see what you're getting at of like, especially the last couple of years, there was an influx of that because, uh, the whole industry as a whole, mm-hmm. like kind of saw the wave and like, was riding this wave and like increase of people out shopping online. So that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that specific thing you did was the reason for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of very successful companies that, you know, leverage, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, certain agencies or certain like technologies or like certain products, like, and I think like, it's really overwhelming because there's a lot more people entering this space as well, right? Like, we're definitely guilty of that. Like, we entered the space in the last like year, year and a half, right? So, um, like, a bit of a hypocrite here as well. But like, I think the, um, it's also really overwhelming to people starting within e-commerce is like, you know, you're just like initially you're just like, oh, like let's spin up a Shopify store. Let's like, you know, I have this great idea for a product. Like let's, let's sell it through Shopify. And it's, it's all like fine and dandy. And then you like enter the Shopify space. You like start joining all these Slack channels and you're like, oh my God, I need like, you know, this thing for this thing. I need like this thing for like influencer campaigns. I need like this thing for like analytics. And it's just like, then you kind of just like freeze up. Right. And you're just like, okay, like, oh my God, I need to now go out and like raise money. I need to like hire all these people to like manage all these tools. And it's just like, Honestly, like when you're starting out, like Google Sheets <laughs> and like a good imagination is, is probably good enough, right? Um, so I think like that's something that I've personally observed just kind of like from the sidelines a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we're, uh, we're going to start uh, the cap. The captain has turned on like the seatbelt. We're going to start landing this proverbial air, uh, podcast plane. Uh, wind down here. A couple more things. Mm-hmm. So you've talked, you kind of alluded to that Repl is not just for landing pages and brands can use landing pages for a bunch of things. And you're, you used to help people problem solve uh, for their brands. And then yeah. even when we, we still are, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably, right, right. Probably works against our like kind of operating efficiency, but um, I, I think as a team, we, we enjoy it. So, yeah. so yeah, so you've mentioned all this stuff. So like, where, what are the, what's the problem that a landing page solves? Uh, I, earlier you mentioned like either for your paid ad campaigns or for your educating customers, but is that, is that the actual problem or is that just like one, I'm just trying to make sure that mm-hmm. we, um, we're explaining the right like solution of landing pages for people. Yeah. I mean, so at the end of the day, um, if you're running an e-commerce company, most of your sales are going to come through online, right? Or like a large part of that. And I think the name of the game is essentially you only have a certain amount of time to like make an impression on your customers. And that could be through an email. That could be through text. There's different channels you're reaching these customers at. It's different for every brand. Um, 
but at the end of the day, they have to come on your site and buy something. Um, and it becomes a number numbers game because people will spend money on these different channels. There'll be thousands, millions of people pouring into your site, and you have to get them essentially to convert to an order um, and to, to buy something. And not only that, you ideally want them to keep coming back, right? You want them to like really love your product. If your product sucks, it's like, okay, game over. But like, if your product is really good, like you want them to keep coming back. And and when you're dealing with like thousands of people, millions of people, like it becomes a number numbers game. And that's kind of where, you know, conversion rate optimization, all of, all of that comes in, right? It's like at a macro level, looking at, you know, a thousand people coming onto your site from different channels, how do you get as many of them to buy your product as possible? And that is the pure like premise of landing pages. Like that's the whole point. So um, within that, there's like kind of different ways you can leverage these landing pages for content. So for example, like you might want to target your, you might want to like have your copy be so that like it, you know, is educating your users. It could be um, you're educating them about your brand. It could be educating about them about a specific product. It could be kind of a cross of these things. So it could be, you know, educating them about your brand and a product for a certain time of year or for a certain verbiage. I mean, ideally, like you have a very consistent story, right? You're basically telling a story of like, at the top of the at the top of this channel, whether that's email, text, you're telling a story about like, this is who I am. This is the stuff that we make. And this is why you should buy it. And that story needs to be cohesive. So if you have an ad about like something, like let's say, you know, like um, selling stuff for Valentine's Day, for example, and then like you're selling flowers for Valentine's Day, and then you land on your landing page and there's like literally nothing about Valentine's Day. Like subconsciously in the customer's mind, they're just like, what the hell did I just click? Like, what is this website? Like, like this doesn't correlate to the thing I just saw like 30 seconds ago. Um, and it could be self-conscious. It might not be a big deal for one user, but across like many thousands, many millions, it's going to make a huge difference. And at the end of the day, that's going to show up on how many, how much of your product you're selling. So adapting the copy on a landing page, adopting the design, adopting the trust, the, the how fast the page loads, like all these different factors that like people will throw up on Twitter or like whatever, like, like that's all in the service of telling a cohesive story. Um, and I think that's like the most important thing for every, any brand. And that's kind of the, the piece of the puzzle that landing pages fall into. Okay. So yeah. they're, they're, they help tell your story. They help connect the dots from ad to the ad brand through the actual, the, end goal is conversion, which is a purchase. Yeah. So at the end so, of the day, everyone's here to make money. So yeah. <laughs> like as, as much as, as we want to sugarcoat it, right. It's like, we're at the end of the day, we're running a business, um, except for kind of the nonprofits out there. But like most people are running a business. Um, most people want to make money. Most people, if they want to, you know, sell something great, they need to make more money than they're spending. Um, and that, you know, needs to show up on, you, you know, converting users on, on your most important asset, which is your website. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great way to, uh, uh, kind of wrap it up there. <laughs> we want to all want to make more money. If you do landing pages correctly, you can make more money if you, you're, if you're good at storytelling and connecting the dots for your customers. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, any, anything else that's been on top of your mind that you experienced re lately, a piece of content that you, you had a reaction to? anything uh to wrap up here with um no i think like one observation that we've had as we've like grown very quickly in the last few months is just like i think there's always this tendency to just be like 
okay, oh my God, we need to like hire salespeople and they need to like read off a script. And like, you know, like I think this has parallels within e-commerce, which is like, oh my God, like I, this, you know, this, you know, 10 people told me they love this product or, or insert some number here. Now I need to hire like this marketing team and I need to like hire, like, you know, ramp up my ad spend. And like, I think there's a certain amount of momentum that you definitely need to kind of like buy into, but there's also a certain level of like, okay, like let's make sure we grow kind of thoughtfully. Let's make sure we're hiring the right people. Let's make sure like we are spending money on the right things and still engaging with our customers at, you know, a, a level that we feel good about. Um, because I think when you, when it's like, if people need your product, unless it's just like you have a million competitors and you need to like get yourself out there, like in the next, like one, like 10th of a second, like, I think growing your team kind of thoughtfully, like growing kind of how, what you spend time on thought, thoughtfully is really, really important. Like, I think like we're growing our engineering team extremely thoughtfully. We're growing our like go to market team extremely thoughtfully. And like people on our team will still hop on calls and like explain what the hell TikTok is like. <laughs> and it's like, people are like, why are you doing that? And it's just like, it, it, it shows up. Like, I mean, if, if we're being like Machiavellian about it, like it does show up at some point because like people on Twitter will like rave about us for like no reason, like no sponsorships, right? Like, it will, like it will, it will happen. But I think it's just like also trying to figure out like, okay, are we doing the right thing? Like, is this the right product? Like, how do we improve this product? Like all of these things, I think like it's important to be thoughtful about and it's not, it, it like it's, you shouldn't just kind of like see a bit of momentum. It's like, all right, like we got to like, you know, release everything and just, we got to like hire a million salespeople and just like get this out there. So um, being very thoughtful in your growth, I think, like, especially kind of with the macro kind of econo economics and, and, and one, I think they're pretty important. So, um, yeah, just like everyone kind of like slow down and like, like, and, and take, take, take kind of like a sense of like, you know, if you're focusing on the right things and, and if you're kind of growing your company and business thoughtfully. So right on. Yeah. yeah. Grow thoughtfully. Take your time. <laughs> think before you leap, uh, at times. So, yeah. Uh, awesome, man. So thanks so much for your time. Where do you want to point people to if they want to talk to you, learn more about Replo, check out your yeah, app? Yeah, um, so you can find us on replo.app. So that's R-E-P-L-O.app. Um, and there's a book a button, a book a demo um, button there, um, or you can just sign up for our app and, and just play around with it. Um, you can use it for as long as you want for free. Um, so we only start charging once you start publishing a page. So you can go around and play with it. Uh, people play around with it for hours, you know, sometimes. So um, people be like, I spent my entire weekend on this. <laughs> I can't do anything else. Um, so it is definitely a little bit addicting. So, um, but yeah, repo.app is where you would go and find more information. Awesome. Repo.app. Thanks, Yushin. Appreciate your time. Thanks for everyone else. Thanks for listening. Uh, leave those ratings, reviews. It really helps the show. Catch you next week.